Good morning, everyone. Welcome to ICF Rome online. And for those who will eventually be on campus, this is Pastor Jennifer Pasquale. And I'm excited for this season that is upon us. You know, we're celebrating Jesus. We're thankful for everything that he's done for your life, even if you don't know it yet. So as you enter into this service today, I encourage you to lean into the worship, to stand up if you can and praise your, raise your hands and praise the Lord because God is faithful. He has a word for you today. I am believing for a miracle in your life. It's in motion. You joined us online today and God has ordered your steps. God has a word for you. And as you lean into his presence, I know that your heart and your mind is going to be lifted, healed, restored, rejuvenated. I'm so thankful that you are joining with us today. Tell them, your victory is on the way. I am so thankful for what God is doing among us. Um, so let me ask you, we welcome our online group, and uh, we are going to go to the Lord in communion now. And so if you're online and you're in a place where you can get some juice or cracker or bread to take communion with us, we, we want people to do that. You know, um, how many of you, tell the truth now, have ever watched or listened online? Let me see. Let me see your hand. Come on. Oh, y'all need to be watching. It's good. I like to go back and watch. I watch the prayer meetings. You can go to live stream. You can go to YouTube channel. You can go to the website and click on whatever you need. So as we prepare to take our communion, if you did not get a cup and a wafer when you came in, would you please lift your hand? The servers are coming now. If you need a cup or a wafer, here we serve an open communion. So you're certainly welcome to receive communion with us. I want you to be a part of that. And today I'm actually going to give you a different verse. John 1, 14 says, The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen his glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Now, the scripture tells us in 1 Corinthians, in Isaiah, that he was wounded for our transgressions. He was pierced for our iniquities. The chastisement of our sin was upon Jesus as he went to the cross. Amen? And so when we partake of communion, we are doing what the scripture said, what Jesus said at the Last Supper. He said, I'm going away. I have to do some things with my Father. But I want you to do this in remembrance of me. That you won't forget what Jesus has done for you and for me. The Word became flesh. I want you to get that in your spirit. Jesus didn't stay in heaven where he could have stayed. He became flesh and he suffered all of the chastisement upon us. You can play. You're welcome to play. Thank you. So as we partake today, we examine ourselves. The scripture says if you partake in an unworthy manner, you're guilty of sinning against the Lord. So this is a beautiful opportunity for you 
to examine your life. You know, you might say, Pastor Jen, you haven't even preached yet. You're going to tell me to look into my heart? Yes. Because you know what? Jesus, say Jesus. Say it again, Jesus. Jesus is here for you. Jesus is here for you. Jesus died for you. And so as the scripture tells us, everyone ought to examine their heart. I want us to take a minute right now. I want you to close your eyes. Focus on Jesus. Father, right now, before we partake of the bread, which is a symbol of what you took in your body for our healing, before we partake of the cup, which is a symbol of the blood that you shed for our sins. God, I pray that every person online, on campus, that we would take this moment to say, Jesus, examine me. Forgive me. I don't want to partake this remembrance in an unworthy manner. I want to declare that you are the Lord of my life. I invite you right now to say, Jesus, I make you Lord. Jesus, forgive me, purify me. We don't take this communion lightly or frivolously where it doesn't matter. God, may every time we remember what you did for us, I pray that you would pardon and forgive us. I pray that you would heal our bodies and that when we take, we remember that the power, as Prince said, is not in what we do. It is in the power of what you have declared over our lives, Lord Jesus. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. As you peel back that top layer, there's a wafer there. And I believe, I've been a witness to it myself. I've heard testimonies. Maybe you have something in your body or your mind that you need a healing for. Do you know God is the healer? Do you know that you can keep asking him? He is the same God yesterday when you asked him, today when you ask him, tomorrow when you ask him. So as we take of this bread right now, I encourage you to say, God, it's not in my ability to believe, but it's in, in your power to heal, right? It's in his power to heal. So God, I'm praying right now for every person in this room that needs healing, for every person online that needs healing in your body, in your blood system. Right now, God is healing blood systems. I have felt it all week long. God, I have felt that you are doing something in the reproductive organs of women's bodies. God, I have felt it all week long. That thing that they thought was um, not functioning, God, you are causing it to function like it's supposed to. Lord, I thank you that you are healing cancer. Cancer is not in control of the child of God. Diabetes is not in control of the child of God. So as we partake of the bread, we remember the stripes you bore and we remember that you have the power to heal whether we have doubt or not. God, the servant said, Lord, help my unbelief, but help me to see the evidence of healing in body, mind, and spirit. And if you agree with me in that prayer, I want you to say in Jesus' name. Online you say it, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's partake of the bread.
as we go to the Lord with our cup and our juice, we have prayed, and I know you have sought the Lord. But I'm going to ask you to go one step further. Would you be willing to say to Jesus, if I've been thinking about things wrong, change the way I think about it. Lord, help me to reframe my perspective so I'm in alignment with the principles of your word. See, salvation doesn't just affect whether I go to heaven or hell. For sure, I need to be saved and purified because when God calls my name, I want to go to heaven. I want you to go to heaven. But the salvation and the stripes that Jesus bore on the cross, they also affect the here and now. Pride is something that can hinder us. And sometimes even our insecurity comes along as pride to say, you don't need to ask God that. I'm saying to you today, before you take this cup, will you say to the Lord, God, shift my thinking so that my thinking is in alignment with the values of what God has said. So Father, as we take the cup, as we say thank you that in your values, we're in alignment with your Father God in heaven. That on that cross, you said, not my will, but thine be done. It is finished, you said. It's completed. So Father, I pray that that one who's had doubts, who's had wrong thinking, God, that you would purify their thoughts, that you would give them new courage today, new faith today. And as they receive communion today, may they remember it's not about me. It's about Jesus and what he did and what he continues to do. I honor you, Lord, as I take this cup. In Jesus' name, let's take together. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Malia. I know you're going to go take some pictures for us, so thank you. I have asked Pastor Scott Eckerd to come, and um, we, uh, I see one team, but are you going to be here in second service? Are you going to be here in second service? Or first, can you find out? Okay. Um, today, we are going to talk about counting on his timing. Say timing. I mean, you know, you got to be at church on time, you got to be at the bus on time, you got to be at the train on time, you got to be at work on time. Hmm, just this one? Okay, so we just have one. No? Okay. Um, I've asked Pastor Scott Eckerd to come, please come. And this is uh, more than Jesse's parents. We're so thankful that they're here, Pastor Scott and Malia. Can you welcome Pastor Scott and Malia? I have known them a very long time and witnessed their love for Jesus, their love for his church, their love for people around the world. Come on up here. <laughs> um, and I think it's so cool that this year, count on it, our, our theme verse is I am counting. Come on, y'all read it with me. I'm counting on the Lord. Yes, I am counting on him. I have put my hope in his word. Amen. Psalm 130 verse 5. So, Pastor Scott, we are doing some things with the Bible. And with the Word of God this year, and I know that you work for Life Publishers and Fire Bibles. Tell us, you've been in ministry 30 years. 
But about three years ago, you shifted to a new city, new state, new assignment. What is it about the Bible, and specifically the Fire Bible, that you do, and why is it so important to what you're doing now? Well, it's funny you, you, you say that. I was, think, I was sitting there thinking, what, what should I say? And, and the first thing that comes to my mind, having spent uh, 20 of the la- well, 25 of the last 30 years in music ministry, the first thing that pops into my head is, I'm going to sing a hymn. <laughs> we're not going to do that. Um, the Word of God is, is our stability, is it not? We, I, the hymn that comes to mind is, On Christ the Solid Rock I Stand. All, you, anybody familiar with yeah. that song? You, you know that one? <laughs> All other ground is sinking sand. We stand on His Word. Amen? Amen. So, and then my, my phone keeps shutting off. What's, what makes the Fire Bible different from your regular Bible, just to any, any given Bible? I want to I read this scripture to you because it speaks to exactly what the Fire Bible is. It's in Acts 8. It's, it's Philip and the Ethiopian. And it says, Philip is out. He's, he's, he's minding his own business. The Holy Spirit starts speaking to him, and he says, I need you to go here. So he goes there. He happens to be uh, uh, walking beside the treasurer of Ethiopia. We have any Ethiopians in the house? Okay, so he's reading God's Word. He's reading from the Old Testament. The Holy Spirit says to Philip, go over and walk along beside the carriage. Philip ran over, heard the man reading from the prophet Isaiah. Philip asked, do you understand what you're reading? How many times have you been reading the Bible and think, what is going on here? I I don't understand this. The passage of Scripture he was reading was from the book of Isaiah. It's talking about Jesus. Okay? So the eunuch asks Philip. Philip asks him, do you understand what you're reading? And the eunuch says to Philip, tell me. He said, how can I understand Unless someone tells me. I don't understand what I'm reading. How can I understand unless somebody explains this to me? So Philip begins to explain the Scripture to him. That's what the Fire Bible is all about. It takes the study notes and the 77 articles that are in, involved in here, and it explains the Scripture in everyday language so that we can understand. Amen. And how many countries is the Fire Bible in? Officially, <laughs> we are in 67 heart language languages, but probably by the end of this year, we hope to be at 70 uh-huh. heart languages. And you just were in two other countries this, this last week. Where were you? So I was in Slovenia, which is a project of mine that we are, we are just about to go to print with that Slovenian study Bible. And um, I also have the Swedish study Bible that we're currently working on. And a, a little known, well, it's not little known, but there's a, a, um, a tribal language in Peru called the Quechua language. Mm. Those three are my Isn't that awesome that the word of God is going forth? So I wanted you to understand why I love the word of God, why it's so important, how cool that Pastor Scott and Malia would be here on this Sunday. I've asked Jesse and Bose to come. And uh, one of our teenagers that's here, we're going to make a presentation uh, to teenagers in the second service as well. Come on. Um, So I want you to understand something. One generation 
declares his work to the next. Amen. Amen. It's so important to me that um, I love the fire Bible because it brings the distinctive of the power of the Holy Spirit. You see our display back there. Fire Bible actually helped us here to have the chairs in our sanctuary that people sit on to learn the word of God. Can somebody say praise God for that? So Jessie um, is here because she has been serving our teen ministry and music and so many other things I can't list. And she has been saying, Pastor Jen, we have got to give really solid tools to our teenagers. Her time is coming to an end shortly. She'll be back. She's going. She's coming back. You know, sometimes people do that. And Bose and Linda, who's not here. Y'all step forward a little bit. Come on into the light. Into the light. Yes. Uh, Bose and Linda are going to be serving in ministry in our teen class, which happens in second service every week except for the week of communion. So I asked them to present. Bose, I want you to give this Bible or to Jesse. Okay, there we go. And um, we're giving this to you, okay? Jesse's going to give it to you. Every teenager is going to get this Bible. Can you say amen? Amen. Every teenager. Sometimes we give these Bibles when people graduate from university. Sometimes we give this Bible when people who have served for many months or years move to a different location. I felt like I want to give first fruit word to the teens because I want you, when you leave, to give a Bible to somebody else this time. Can you do that? You have been an amazing witness of the joy of the Lord. I know that you are testifying in there with Bose and Linda. You're going to have a great time with Jesse. I know you've been having a good time. So I want you to extend your hand to our teen ministry. I want you to know I care about every generation in a way that they have fun, but they get the word of God. So, Father, I thank you, Lord Jesus. I thank you for the friendship with Pastor Scott and Malia that you've given to me over the years. I thank you for their heart for Scripture and what it means to the nations. I thank you in this moment, their daughter has been able to pass the promises in Scripture to the next generation. I thank you for Bose and Linda that will now take the mantle to the next level, that we will have devotions, we will have joy, we will have purpose, we will have passion. And God, for our teenagers, may they know they're not alone as they study the Word of God. When they have a question, may they be able to look at scripture and say here's an explanation of why the Holy Spirit teaches us this way so Lord I pray that your word would not return void and that the power of your word would bring light in dark moments joy in those moments of uncertainty peace that passes comprehension And I pray for a new hunger and a new thirst for our teenagers and our young people, God, that they would draw closer to you than ever before. I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 God bless you. I love you. (laughs) Thank you, guys. Thank you. Can you take Thank you so much. Hallelujah. 
I love getting fire Bibles. They're heavy, and so sometimes it helps when people bring extras in their suitcase and we distribute. So I said, I want to get these Bibles for our teenagers, and I just thought it was so wonderful that Pastor Scott, who is a representation of the fire Bible, would be the one to bring them, to deliver them to us, and that we could give them to the next generation. You can purchase a fire Bible, and we're actually going to get more in stock. We have some uh, right now, I think maybe Spanish and English on, on hand. I think we're all sold out of the Italian at the moment, um, but we have new ones coming. So I encourage you to follow the Word of God. Father, we thank you. I thank you for your timing. I thank you that even as we end this service, there will be a class connect to serve, that we'll be studying the Word of God, that during the week there is discipleship online and on campus so that people will understand what Scripture tells them about their life. And Lord, we learn and grow together as we trust you for everything you do in our lives. We are counting on you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So today we're going to talk about his timing. I don't know about you, but uh, okay, so I need to know y'all a little bit better. I want to see everyone's hand who is always five minutes early to everything you do. Let me see your hand. You're five minutes early. Come on, don't be shy. Be proud of that. You're five minutes early. Thank you. Okay, I want to see your hand if you're truthful. Sometimes you're five minutes late. Let me see your hand if you're late sometimes. <laughs> yes, thank you for your honesty. Okay. How many of you know that God is never late? He's not late. As some would think lateness is. And so as we prayed over what God was saying to us for this month, I want you to see that verse again from John chapter 1. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory and the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace. So as we count on his timing, I want to say some things to you today. Little nuggets that maybe you're going to write down. Maybe you've been wondering like, some of you maybe you're like, I couldn't wait to get here. I'm finally here in Italy. Wow, took a long time. Others of you, maybe, you know, I've seen people say, we're really thankful we survived the 500 days of January already. <laughs> Listen, you had 30, 30 days has September, April, January, 31 days in January, right? It's not 500. God was with you on every single one of those days. So one of the things we've been saying is we're going to make Jesus famous. Can you say Jesus. So are you going to say just because it's a popular meme or a popular gif or a popular picture on social media, oh, 500 days of January, or are you going to make Jesus famous and say, I have survived and walked in victory for 31 days already this year, glory to God, amen? I want you to shift the way you think about God's timing. I want you to remember today that God is bigger than your clock. I still want you to be early. I don't want you to be late. I don't want you to miss anything. But I want you to remember that God is bigger than your clock. 
I want you to remember that God is bigger than your calendar. See, I have been around a while. I've been around the calendar a few times. And it would be easy to say, oh, my mind is about my time, my calendar, my years on this planet, or my lack of years on this planet. But God is bigger than that clock and that calendar. Somebody say amen. He's bigger than your plans and my plans. If you think that God's timetable is dependent on you doing it right, you don't understand God. You have to be in relationship with him, and you can certainly block the flow of God's plan. Hear me. You know, you can, if you're like me with the microwave, you can, like, mess it up, and the clock, you're like, what time is it? I don't even know what time it is. You can mess it up, but God has a plan for your life. And if you will call on him, you can trust him. So I want you to write down, if you're writing something, trust, don't rush. Trust, don't rush. You see, we're so eager that we hurry up and get, you know, graduated from high school. Hurry up and get graduated from college. Hurry up and get a job. Hurry up and find a spouse. Hurry up and have kids. Hurry up and figure out life. Hurry up and get a promotion. And I'm telling you, God is saying, you just passed 10 years of your life worrying and fretting over the clock when I had peace and joy and purpose for every single one of those days. I have learned the value of waiting on God I have learned the value of trusting his timing. Now, some of you are new. You may not know that my husband, the pastor of this church, who I co-ministered with for 43 years, was suddenly taken to heaven without any warning in 2021. It would be easy for me and my children and my grandchildren to say, I don't trust God's timing. Doesn't God know I needed my Italian husband to be with me in Italy? But is God sovereign or not? Did, call, did God call me when I was 14 to be a missionary to the nations? Yes, he did. So I have to be able to say, I'm not telling you something that I'm not also walking out. Sometimes we think the person on the stage or the person we look at or the person on TV, like they're this guru of no problems. <laughs> I'm maybe the guru of problems. <laughs> I've been through a lot of stuff. But I have learned that if I will trust on his timing, I won't judge him when his timing is different than mine. Trust, don't rush. Be steadfast in your trust of his word. Be strong in the pursuit of the Holy Spirit who will fill you with his glory. When you read the word, when you read the Bible, you understand what God says, right? And then you learn to trust his plan. We want his plans, but we struggle with his timing. We question his sovereignty. I love you, but I want you to know something. You're not God, and you're not the Holy Spirit, as much as you'd like to say, I control my destiny, I'm all that, even Prince said, we need to say, God, you're all that. Let me not forget that you're the one that gave me the power to create wealth. Let me not forget that you're the one that gave me knowledge to build my education. Let me not forget to make Jesus famous, right? 
We live in a world that questions authority, that questions the sovereignty of God. And when you begin to do that, you begin to get discouraged. So I'm saying to you today, don't ever question God's power. He has the power to bring dead things to life. In case you think, well, Pastor Jim, like once someone's gone, you know, there's one thing. The Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord when we know Jesus. So there is no death and finality when you know Jesus because you get to live with him for the rest of eternity. It's a shift. Can you say shift? It's a shift in the way like it, it died, it's finished. No, the legacy continues. The legacy continues, right? Because the worship of God is not based on the calendar. It's not based on the clock. In case you think these are just my words, I want you to look at, look at Luke chapter 8, verse 49 and 50. It says, while Jesus was still speaking, someone came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader, and said, your daughter is dead. And he said, don't bother the teacher anymore. Hearing this, Jesus said to Jairus, don't be afraid, just believe. She will be healed. Now, can you imagine? Let, this, is a, this is an actual story where God brings Jairus' daughter to life. But I also want you to apply something in Scripture. Maybe you feel like something died inside of you. Maybe you feel like you sent somebody to the house of God to say, can you tell them that dream is dead? That thing I failed at. That thing did not work. It's dead. But you think Jesus isn't overhearing your conversation? Jesus heard them and he said, wait a minute, stop that. Just relax. Just believe. I'm going to bring it back to life. Hear me. He's going to bring it back to life. And so today, I want you not to be afraid of God's timetable. I want you to trust his ways. I want you to trust his word. That's what this graphic is about. That Moses was taking the children in the sea. He was at the Red Sea. And they were like, what is happening? And just on time, the Lord parted the sea. And just on time, God flooded the sea back over the enemy. God moved. Why? Because he's sovereign. It's not the way Moses might have planned it, but he did it. And then we see Jesus healing the blind man in the temple. He is the healer. Say healer. He heals your circumstance, your body, your sickness, your mindset. He's the healer. Don't forget it. The word of God. The word of God is what illuminates your life. David conquered Goliath. But as I said last week, David had a lot of stuff in his life. Amen? But he trusted the Lord. We see that Jesus was with them in the storm. You know, so many times we want God to calm the storm, take away the sickness, take away the sorrow, but he gets in the middle of it with you. He was in the fiery furnace. He didn't get them out of the fiery furnace at the beginning. He went in there with them. But what does the scripture say? They came out of that fiery furnace without even the smell of smoke on their bodies. You can't even stand around a fire and not smell like smoke. They came out of the fire without smelling like smoke. That means God has the power, regardless of the timetable, to restore and redeem your things that you think have finished. 
So I want you to see these thoughts I have, that fear leads to doubt. Doubt leads to denial. Fear leads to doubt. When you begin to say, I'm scared, I don't think God will do it. You're not making Jesus famous, you're making you famous. You're making the enemy. The Bible says he hasn't given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Many of us know that verse. But did you ever think about fear as the enemy's spirit? Did you ever suddenly realize, wait a minute, get off of me, devil. I am a child of God. Leave my mind alone. I will not be afraid. But I want you to see something that the enemy tries to do. Fear leads to doubt. So I begin to say, okay. Like that people that ran and said, she's dead. And doubt begins to lead to denial. God will never do it. God never does this for me. That's not true. That's not true. But doubt leads to denial. And denial then leads to a disconnect from God. We begin to say, okay, I don't want to feel it anymore. I don't want to have to practice my faith anymore. I'm tired, fear, I'm doubting. I'm weary, I'm worried, and I'm going to disconnect. And then what happens? Disconnect leads to destruction of God's best plans for you. I've witnessed it. Hear me. I've witnessed it. I can back up and watch people's lives and tell you it started when they wouldn't give God their fear. It's okay that we're afraid. We have lots of emotions, right? But God doesn't give us the spirit of fear. So if you trust his timing, you won't be afraid of anything that happens in your life if you're walking with Jesus. I want to say it again. If you're walking with Jesus, you won't be afraid of anything that happens. Now, if you're not walking with Jesus, you should be afraid. <laughs> there should be a healthy fear of the Lord, right? But I'm not talking about that kind of fear that's respect. I'm talking about the fear that leads to doubt. There's a reason that his word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Because it is hard out there in this world. It is complex. That is why in that fire Bible, I love that when you're reading about the fruits of the spirit, you can look up an article. And then in that article, it'll say, oh, you want to talk about peace? Go to this article on this page. And then you go to this, and it'll say, oh, Jesus is our peace. Go to this article on Jesus. And before you know it, you've spent an hour studying Scripture because of the articles and the Scripture references that are in there. Trusting God's timing means you need to know his word and his plan. You can't trust him if you don't know him. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm telling you, that I like to meet people. I love to meet people. But just because I meet people doesn't mean I'm going to trust them. I love some of y'all a lot. I love most of all of you a lot. I love all of you a lot. But hear me. I'm not giving you my, my purse with my passport in it. I love you, but I need to hold on to my documents, right? I, I give very few people my phone to hold. Because I know that if they lose it, then they can handle me saying, what did you do with my phone? Y'all know what I'm doing. Hear me. I want you to understand something. Trust is something that we put in God, not man. And when you start to think, I'm going to trust man, 
I'm going to trust God the way I trust man. And man or woman has let you down or betrayed you or disappointed you. You start to fear that that same God is not going to come through. And that is not true. He always comes through. And so I want you today to remember these three things. God is bigger than your clock. I know it's a simple message, but I want you to stay on the journey with Jesus. If you get off the journey with Jesus because you were worried about the timetable, you're going to miss out on something God was trying to develop in you in the waiting. God is not stopped by your failure to believe. I think this is very important. God is not stopped by your failure to believe. I want us to look at, I don't have it on the screen, but in John chapter 20, Jesus has come back from the cross. He has appeared, the word became flesh, and he has come to Mary, right? He's a baby, he becomes a boy, he becomes a teenager, he becomes a man, and he goes to the cross. He is both God and man, the scripture says, but never sins. The difference All of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Jesus came to this earth and he didn't sin. So the disciples who knew him, they had been with him. They heard him say, I'm going, but I'll be back. I'm going to resurrect. They had heard the scripture in the Old Testament and they had declared and decreed that that God is real. And then they were all gathered together in John chapter 20. It says in verse 19, on the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples came together with the doors locked. Can you imagine if we were all in here and we locked the doors out there? We want Jesus to come, but we don't want anybody else to come in here. They were all together with the doors locked. And Jesus came, so he got in even though the doors were locked. Can't lock Jesus out. See how you can take all the scripture and find something that applies to your life? Jesus came in, and what's the first thing he said to them? Peace. Peace be with you. Peace be among you. And so after that, he showed them his hands and his side. He was saying, I really am the one. They're like, it's Jesus. Is it really Jesus? Mm -hmm. Again, he said, peace. As the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. And he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Count on it. Count on the power of the Holy Spirit to reveal God's plans and timing for you. And then Thomas, in verse 24, he's one of the 12. The other disciples are telling Thomas, we've seen the Lord. And what does Thomas say? Unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger in his side where the nails were, I will not believe. I don't trust his timing. I don't trust what he said. Thomas is a doubter. Fear leads to doubt, to denial, to disconnect. But here's the grace and the mercy of God. He has the ability to reconnect. Say reconnect. He has the ability to reconnect us to Jesus Christ. So a week later, say a week later. A week later, don't doubt God's timing. I mean, I'm thinking like, why didn't Jesus appear to Thomas right that second? Thomas, stop it. A week later. (laughs) I mean, a, a week of doubts. 
A week of not believing. A week of saying, is this possible? And Jesus comes and stands and says, peace. Again, he says it. Thomas, put your finger here. See my hands? Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Now stop doubting and believe. Stop doubting and believe. And Jesus said, Thomas said, my Lord, my God. Now he believes it, right? Now he believes it. Jesus said, because you have seen me, you have believed. Good job. (laughs) He says, but blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed. So I want to say to you today, God is not stopped by your failure to believe. It doesn't matter that you didn't believe enough. He is God. He is sovereign. He is all-powerful. He is all-moving. Somebody say amen. Amen. He can show up on the scenes of your doubts and demonstrate the scars in his hands are actually your scars that he's holding. I pray that you will think about the scars that Jesus took on that cross today. Will you come to the piano? Worship team, will you come? I want you to understand that God loves you. You don't have to be afraid of what he's doing in your life. Colossians 2, 9 and 10 says, For in Christ the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. And in Christ you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. That's the Jesus that we're talking about today. That's the Jesus that you can trust his timing for. He's the, he takes sovereignty over every clock, over every calendar, over every contract. Whether you got it or you didn't, whether you passed or you failed, whether you're not sure or you're doubting, he takes power and authority over that. I want you to know that he is coming again. You can trust his timing. See, if you don't trust his timing, you're not going to believe that he's coming again. If you don't believe that he's coming again, here goes that thing again. Denial, doubt, fear, doubt, denial, disconnect. If you don't believe he's coming again, you're not going to live the way he wants you to because you're disconnected from his principles and his values and that's exactly where the enemy of your soul wants you to live but the father the creator of all he wants you to know he holds it all together he holds you together in the palm of his hands stand with me all over this building God is bigger than your clock he's not stopped by your failure to believe put that last slide up he's coming again and I want you to trust his timing he's coming again and I want you to trust his timing I want you to be ready not only in your heart but in your mind I don't want fear to lead to doubt I don't want doubt to lead to denial I don't want denial to lead to disconnect Because when you're disconnected from God, you're vulnerable to the attacks of the enemy. So Father, right now, I pray in Jesus' name that as we stand upon the Word of God, as we trust in the promises of God, I pray today for the one who has been doubting the timetable of God. May they know today you said that you would come again 
that we should be patient. You would establish our hearts and you are coming soon. So Lord, let us not fear. Let us not doubt. Let us reject that spirit of fear in Jesus' name. And Father, let us be the one that says, even though I didn't see, I believe. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I ask you, Isaiah 42, 9 says, Behold, the former things have come to pass. Now I declare new things upon you. I declare that he's bringing new life to your, to your situation. You ran to, to the temple and you said, it's dead, it's done, it's finished. But Jesus heard you and he said, stop that. It's not over. I still have a plan. I'm going to resurrect those things that you thought were dying and not good. I'm going to, I have a plan for you. And when we give God the glory, we trust His timing and His sovereignty. It does something amazing in our lives. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes for a moment. The worship team is going to sing. But I want you to say to the Lord, God, forgive me for doubting. Thomas doubted, but he said, now I've seen. Now I've touched you, and I believe in Jesus' name. Can you say, God, I will believe? I will believe. Io credo. Io credo in nome di Gesù. I will believe in the name of Jesus. There is no other name. There is no other name. There is only one way to, G to the throne room. And it's through Jesus Christ and His sacrifice. Maybe you're in this room right now and you would say, Pastor Jen, I have some doubts. I need the Lord to help me with my unbelief. I need the Lord to help me with my fear and my doubt. I want you to know there's no judgment. The Bible says where two or three agree as touching anything, it's done. You've been dealing with these doubts and this struggle for a little while, so we need to pray together. And don't stop praying until you get the breakthrough. Amen? So all over this room, if, you're, if you will be honest and say, I have doubts about stuff. I need God to help me with. Lift your hand. Come on, don't be shy. I need help with these doubts in my life. Yes, Lord. You see these hands. God, you see this honesty. You said that you would be as close as the mention of your name. So, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus. Wow. The Lord is faithful to his children. As you have listened to the message today, I pray that you hear the Lord saying, I know you. I've called you by name, and I'm working on your behalf. I invite you right now to say this prayer with me, to make Jesus Lord over all. Maybe there's something in your life today that has caused you turmoil, that has put questions or doubts in your mind. You know, the Bible says he's as close as the mention of his name. In this season, we celebrate Jesus, the name that's above every other name. So pray this prayer with me right now and ask Jesus to help you. He's with you. You are not alone. I want to say it again. You are not alone. So Father, we thank you right now. I'm going to pray this prayer and you're going to pray with me. Dear Lord Jesus, you say it. Dear Lord Jesus, I ask you right now to come into my life, to take over every concern I have, Forgive me for those moments when I have doubted or don't trust. Be the Lord over all. Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I say yes to you. 
I'm all yours from this moment forward by the power of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, for hearing this prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I want to encourage you, if you have said this prayer, send me an email, write us, join us on campus when you get to Rome because I know that God has something for you and I know that you need to know you're not going to do life alone. I also feel very impressed today as I pray for you for the needs in your life. I know that during the, the winter months there's lots of different emotions that come about and I want you to know today the Lord is with you, the Lord is for you. He said his name is Emmanuel, God with us. And so today, I want to pray for your miracle. I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you would heal the broken heart, that you would restore the wounded mind, that you would be Jehovah Jireh for the one who has needs financially. God, you have shown us this year that we are the living proof that God is at work in us and through us. So right now, by the power of the Holy Spirit, across the airwaves, wherever you're watching from, I am praying right now for your miracle in motion. I want you to say, I believe. I believe that God is with you. I believe that God is for you. And I believe that he has brought you to this family of faith, not only online, but wherever you are, that you would know. I have people who write me and I'm praying right now that you'll be one of those ones who said, I found new hope, new life, new purpose as I join together in prayer with Pastor Jen and all of those at ICF Rome. I bless you in the name of Jesus. I thank you for your online giving. I thank you that you are sowing seeds. You are sowing gratefulness to God for all that he's done and doing. This has been an amazing year of living proof. And today, as we think about, we're getting ready to go into a new year before we know it. I want you to know God is with you. God is for you. You're not alone. Your miracle is in motion. I love you. We love you. And most importantly, Jesus loves you. So go out there, walk for him, shine for him, and believe that he's got a miracle for you.